0: Today, our guest is Maria Kallenbach, the Chief Marketing Executive at A1 Tool Company. Most of you know her from her tool videos she shares on Facebook and her new segment, Tuesday Tool Day. Her and her husband, John, run a fantastic operation at A1 Tool. We'll cover at the end of the podcast on how you can follow her and her company. But you know me, I'm not here to talk about dent tools and how they work. I do this show to talk about the most important tool we have, our brain. You know I always talk about mindset moving forward and how to continually grow. But what happens when you hit a wall or encounter an obstacle or end up in a very traumatic event that almost ends your life and leads to a multi-year road to recovery? Then what do you do? How do you fight through that and continue to control what you can control and move forward? That's why Maria is here today. And for those of you that don't know, she had an accident about a year year ago that left her with severe burns on about 80% of her body. Today we dig into the wonderful mind of Maria and learn how she continues to overcome the most difficult circumstance. Life has offered her with perseverance, grace, and faith. Maria Kallenbach, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, Corey, thank you so much. I I'm appreciate the, you. yeah, thank you.
0: Yes. Um, so, we, uh, a lot of us, heard your story at um, the Vegas Mobile Tech Expo. It happened right around that time. Um, but just to start real quick, we'll we'll dig in a little bit to what you do over there at A1 Tool and kind of just a little bit of history on that, just in case people are wondering, like, how you relate to this industry and what, what you offer for all of us. Um, and then we'll go into your
1: story. Sure, sure. Uh, my husband and I, John, we bought A1 Tool about 20 years ago. It'll be 20 years this September. And um, we manufacture paintless dent removal tools. And... Um, My function there is that I take care of the marketing. Um, I'm the one that's taking the pictures of the tools, putting them up on the website, uh, putting the the SEO content. Um, Sometimes I will, if it's from another tool company, you know, for having a certain vendor, I will use some of their words and change it around a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then I'll post it on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, anywhere, everywhere. Just try to get the word out what we've got and do some live stories, Instagram TV a little bit. And of course the Tuesday toll day is a real hit. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Awesome. And you ended up, you actually bought that from Blem, right? Was yes. Jerry yeah. Blem. Mm-hmm. Yep. Way back in the That's,
1: day. So back tw- in the day.
0: I didn't even know 20 year 20 years ago. I thought I was, um, I know I've been in the industry for a long time, but I've been in it about 15 or 16 years. So you got, you got me beat and probably most people listening to this podcast, you've been around for longer than most people in this industry. That's really cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. So yeah, we'll, we'll get to the end about how you can follow you on, um, on Facebook and Instagram and those places, um, for a one tool company and you personally, or anything like that. Um, so my story with you is that we connected a little bit in in um, in Florida Mobile Tech Expo. Um, I had a lot of empathy for your situation when I heard about it. I actually didn't really know you that well. I just know the tool company, and they put together a little fundraiser um, at the Vegas Mobile Tech Expo. We met in Mobile Tech in Florida, and I had empathy for your situation because – um, I had a burn I had burned my hand about twelve ten to eleven years ago, and I went through a couple months of recovery, obviously not as a severe situation as you, um, but I can empathize with the um, the the pain that is associated with having a burn on your hand, a third degree to a fourth degree, um, potential skin grafting and all that stuff. so I wanted to have you on the podcast today to share that story to talk about that. Um, And talk about how you overcome that, how you um, get through those difficult times that are inevitable when something like that happens. So if you could just start a little bit, um, just share with us, you know, what happened so we can all um, be on the same page.
1: Sure, absolutely, Corey. Um, Yeah, that day, it was just um, like any other. Um, Things happened to be going very well for me in my life. And, uh, I had been working out and had some soreness and, um, I was just going to go for a little soak in my hot tub. Um, we have a pool and hot tub and, um, we hadn't used it all summer. Um, it hadn't worked. And so it was serviced. And nine days later I decided, okay, I'm going to get in. And, um, I, uh, you know, it has one of those, uh, lids on top at all times Mm -hmm. half of it will flip open and um just walked over there flipped open the first half and then my custom was I'd step down into it and then you know as I you know you know lean forward I'd push off the rest of it um that day though I um yeah as soon as my foot uh touched the water I I knew it was too hot um, yeah, it, it was, it was, um, yeah, supposed to be on 99, um, the next day when it was measured by the sheriff's department, it said 165. I don't know what the temperature was at the moment I set foot in, but I remember having, um, two thoughts. And the first one was, I may not get out of here. I mean, I, I mean, it was so hot the kind that your body would jerk back in, but there was no, nothing to hold on to. There was no, I was already in forward motion. I was just falling. So first thought is I may not get out of here. And my second thought was I've got one chance. I could already um, feel my body just kind of shutting down. I felt almost like I was being paralyzed as I was going under. I have since learned that this happens to people. Um, You don't hear about it in the news. I've never found any instance, but with the attorney and all that, I mean, it does happen and people don't get out because it paralyzes the body somehow. I don't know if it's a shock thing, I don't really know. But I had made up my mind, I was gonna just give every single thing I've got um, my kids. I just, um, I'm a mother of three girls. They're all three teenagers and it's just a crucial time, you know? And I just, um, I just, as soon as my feet hit the bottom and that's what I was waiting for is as soon as I land, I'm going to give everything I've got and I'm just going to jump. I'm going to jump and this is it. Um, so, when that happened, I did i just i gave it everything I had, and I just kind of jumped to the side, my right side, and as soon as I felt the side, I just kept pulling and pulling and grabbing until I got myself out um, and then I just remember just kind of stopping for a breather there, and I'm on my my hands and my knees and um my left arm it was almost like a um a clear long glove just kind of slid off and then I think I just kind of freaked out um, I just I think there was a bit of shock there like I need help I need help now <laughs> and I looked um, over on the patio there was a small table by the lawn chair or the rocker and that my cell phone was there and I was gonna I thought I need to call for help and so I I was all alone that day, and, um, I started to go over there, but the pool is on the way, and I thought, no, I'll just sit here and put my feet in the water and get my arm, I'll get in, and so I just kind of squat near the pool, and I remember putting my legs in and trying to get my left arm in, and at this point in time, I just kind of had my eyes shut. I just didn't want to see anything. I was just shaking, and, um, I remember looking down at the pool and thinking, I can't, I can't do this here. If I get in here, I'm going to drown. I can't, I'm losing strength. I don't have, I, I can't do this. So that's when I got myself back up and I went over to the table and um, I, I actually, I had A1 speed dial in my phone and so I just hit it. And Brian um, answers the phone and I just start telling him, you know, about what happened and tell John. And and I guess I was just yelling or, he didn't even recognize who it was on the phone. It didn't even sound like me. And so uh, I hang up and then I go in the house, I dial 911 and I put it on the chair, my phone on the chair by my bathtub and I just got in my bathtub and I just turned on the cold water and put the plug in. And I just, um, I just tried to tell the operator what was going on. Um, I remember at some point in time, just being kind of annoyed. It was too many questions. I think that's what they're supposed to do, right? Keep, to keep you, you on.
0: Awake. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I just yeah. kind of, I just kind of shut him down in my head and I, um, for me, I'm a, I'm a believer, and I just, I just started praying, and I just started asking God to be with me, and to help me, and I just had my eyes closed, and I just sat there, just praying, and, um, you know, some time passes, and pretty soon, I hear the operator again, and he's saying, "Get out of the tub, <laughs> get out of the tub." <laughs> um, probably thought I was going to drown in there. I don't know, but. So I, um, I start to get out of the tub and I'm like, you know, I'm like, I, I'm naked here. I don't even have any clothes on and, um, here's help is on the way. And I just felt like I am messed up. I can't even think straight. I'm naked. What? Confused. I, I was just again, panic, panic. And, um, he was like, they're, they're on their way, they're on their way, you know, and I just, um, you know, I remember grabbing onto the counter in my bathroom and just looking in the mirror and all I could see was my eyes and just trying to focus on my eyes and just, uh, you know, it was just so painful. I just, you kidding I could not get out of, I couldn't get away from the pain and I just um, started praying again. I started remembering in the Bible, there's this 23rd Psalm, you know, though you walk through the valley of shadow of death, fear no evil for you are with me. And I just felt such a um, comfort in that, just encouragement that I am not alone here. I am not alone. And then I just, again, it just kind of, I went within myself somehow and, um, you know, I don't know, just time passed. And I guess the next thing that happened was just that John, John found me first. Um, he asked what happened. I don't even remember him coming in. Um, I remembered later somebody asking, but I didn't even know it was my own husband. I was just, I guess I was in shock. And then the, then the, not the EMS professionals were coming in. It was interesting that they were all three women, uh, <laughs> I didn't, I know that they don't organize that kind of thing, but, uh, I didn't feel embarrassed. I just, you know, they got me on the stretcher and put me in the, uh, ambulance and the door shut. And, um, you know, I, I tried to call out to John, but they said he could come and, and so, you know, they started, um, taking care of me and. I kept saying, you know, I, I want, I want the Bible. Um, I'm just, um, it's just been a part of my daily life. You know, I, I read the word and I, um, I'm encouraged by it. And so this, uh, EMS professional was like, I don't have a Bible. I have an app. I'll, I'll get the app. <laughs> and so she starts reading to me and I start telling her some places and, and then pretty soon, um, I guess they probably gave me some medicine and I went under and that was the last thing I remember. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's, that's a, that's a story. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to interrupt at all during that because I think it's important that um, you get to hear from start to finish the, um, the struggle of going into that situation. And then the, uh, I mean, the pure adrenaline and motivation to, essentially save yourself um uh, because no one was able to do that the amount it sounds like the amount of time you spent after getting into essentially boiling water not quite, quite but close um is a powerful story so to start go back in the beginning um something i do and i'm going to relate this back and forth just just so we're clear um Obviously, I, I empathize with your story. I understand um, how difficult this is for you, and how much it has been, and how much it will be going forward. And I'm going to do my best to relate um, your experiences and your your ideas of how you've moved forward through a traumatic event to everybody. Um, I think that some of the things that Maria has to share with us are not only not only effective. Um, in a traumatic event, but are effective at any point in life. Um, So something I work with my clients is developing a why for doing something, whether it's a why you're building your business or why you're creating a tool company or why you're going to open your shop or whatever. And, And I heard the very beginning of your story of like, I believe you said that this does happen to other people. And when this happens to them, you know, typically they're not they're not getting out of that situation on their own because of of the panic and shock your body goes into but you said within a second of doing that you're thinking my feet are hitting the ground i'm jumping out i have i have to because of my kids like that is my why Mm -hmm. and so have you ever put thought into that before this about the power of creating doing things that you don't think were possible in life um because you have that why
1: No, I, you know, I've heard that find your why. I remember reading a book once about that Mm -hmm. and I thought, I don't know. I really need to think about this. why, And I really spent a lot of time contemplating that, Mm -hmm. but in this um, emergency situation, Mm -hmm. it was just instinct. It just popped into my head and you're right, uh, Corey, that is my why. And um, it helped me later because um, we actually, my husband and I had two children, and then we were given a child at six years of age, who our youngest was six years at the time, and it was out of the blue. And um, it was not something that I uh, had ever planned on. He had just told a friend, hey, something happens to me, will you take care of my kid? And the man gets brain cancer and dies, And, you know, we had them over that weekend, so we can meet her because we thought he's going to go down, we need to meet this girl. And he died that weekend. So I was in shock, we were all in shock, the girl, our children. And I struggled with that for many years. Well, this is not what I was expecting, right. But it was interesting that day, I got out of that tub. I remember when I was in the all fours position, I said, Elena, Anna, all three. And that was such a sense, looking back, that despite, you know, back in 2013 when that little girl came to our house Mm -hmm. and I was not prepared and honestly was not something I really wanted to do, it was interesting to think that these years later she's part of my own. You know, it was interesting to see that. But that is interesting. I mean, just that your why is so important. It can help you through the difficult times. Absolutely. I I believe that.
0: Yeah, and difficult times, obviously, in your situation is a very extreme example of, of a difficult time. I don't even think that's a good enough word, difficult time. But yeah, emergency situation. But I think it also helps when you're trying to build something or when you're trying yeah. to go into doing something new and you run up into those mental barriers or those limiting beliefs about yourself and whatever and you're like okay why why am I doing this? like what is the point of me doing this and I think if you could really define that and a lot of it comes back yeah. to family, it really does, especially for those that have kids they understand um, that it does come back to them, so I just think that's very powerful that you that that like almost that whole flash before your eyes thing situation is like, mm-hmm. boom, right to the kids.
1: Yeah. Um, because that will drive you. Mm-hmm. If your why is, you got to find out what's important to you. Otherwise the, you know, the practice makes part, you know, all that stuff, the day to day is going to cause you to let it go. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. going to kind of let it go along the wayside, but if what's it's important to. to you, yeah, it's, it's more of a commitment. You're willing to put the work in. 100%.
0: And so after, obviously you got yourself out the rest of that time in between there, between there and the ambulance is more of just, uh, shows the power of what the human body is capable of doing, um, with when you don't have any other choice, obviously, uh, getting yourself in that situation, walking to the pool, thinking like, no, this isn't going to work. Having the, you know, the awareness to do that, going inside, calling a one, calling the cops, like so much, um just amazing. But so you're there and then, you know, you're obviously put under or sedated. There are, um, with burns, there are a lot of, uh, Vaseline soap gauze wraps and very, very, uh, strong percentage of infection that doctors are looking out for. So you're going through all that. And then the part that I'm the most curious, curious about, I think the part that can help the most people is like, is after you're waking up or coming out of that, um, one, how long from, from the incident to when you're actually aware of what has happened to you and what it's going to look like going forward. That's the first question. How long is that space? And then where do you, like, where do you start? Who do you talk to first? What is the first thing you start telling yourself, um, after that?
1: Wow. Well, um, I really don't, I really don't know. I mean, I was sedated, and then put. um, they had an intubation tube put in. Mm -hmm. I wore that for nine days, so I couldn't talk. Um, I had, I think, what they call ICU psychosis. Mm -hmm. So my first memories are hallucinations, Mm -hmm. and it was just a very tormenting time for me. I I guess I had hallucinations. The staff was um, hurting me, tearing my skin off. Uh, very horrific things. And I couldn't talk. I couldn't say anything. I couldn't respond. Um, It was just a a real nightmare. Mm -hmm. Um, Really what um, helped me was that my husband was there beside me the whole time. And uh, he really, he really came through for me. I mean, he, he was there at all the time that he could be, He ended up coming and helping with my dressing changes. He uh, recognized I needed to be backed off my medication. I had um, good friends that would come and bring him meals, make sure he, you know, he was staying at the hotel Mm -hmm. across the road. A friend of his came and stayed with him to just kind of keep him up, keep his spirits up. And, um, you know, I had an incredible amount of people Uh, send me cards and reach out to me and um, that sort of thing. But once they took the tube out and I could could kind of speak, actually they laugh at me because my nurse gave me a, a marker board because she knew I wanted to say stuff. I guess my eyes were very expressive. So I would write stuff out. And then in my anger, because of my, all the meds, I couldn't spell correctly. And it was just, making me so mad I would cross out and they laugh at me about that but you know really when it started turning around for me was when they took the feeding tube out and I could order what I wanted to eat I could start making decisions people weren't taking care of me I could begin to take care of me I had decisions I called the shots I said I want my color, you know, my omelet. I want my two orange juices, my coffee, <laughs> you know, all of that stuff. And whenever they were uh, dressing me, they'd, you know, have to take all all your um, bandages off, clean it up and put it back. And it was so painful. Yeah. And I remember um, there was this there was this group of three of them working together. They had the music on. They were just chit chatting about whatever. And when I And I was just like so angry, but I couldn't, you know, I couldn't say anything. I was so drugged up. And when it was over, I told my nurse, I said, I said, you know what? When I get my dressings changed, I don't want anybody to talk. I just want them to hear how my skin feels getting torn apart. I want them to hear that. I want them to hear what sounds I make Mm -hmm. because they need to understand this is hard for me. This is not just another day at work mm-hmm. and i just started i don't Went know off. Corey, i just started trying to take my life back yeah. you know yeah. it, i don't know i mean but maybe- that's the thing you,
0: you you didn't you didn't give up in that situation or lay down and roll over so one of the things i always say to people whether it's the emergency situation you're in or a covid-19 situation or a, fam- a different family problem or whatever the number one thing you can do day to day is to control what you can control. Um, exactly. and the thing you had control over at that time was ordering the damn breakfast that you wanted <laughs> and making yeah. a request to the nurses about how they, how they should act. And that's the start of taking back what, you know, getting back to the life that you wanted to have. And I think that's, I think that's fantastic. So, um, and moving forward after that, I mean, there was a lot of, there's a long road. There's obviously yeah. physical therapy. There yes, is mental yes. therapy. There is just trying to overcome all those obstacles that you're inevitably gonna, going to face um, in your head about mm-hmm. your situation or about a regret or or whatever. Like, how do you, where does that start? How do you do you start out pissed off and then you get better (laughs) or do you start out grateful for that? You're just still alive.
1: Yeah, that was me. I I had this huge spirit of gratefulness. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I, um, I thanked every nurse then everybody, you know, once I got out what I, then it was like, thank you. Every time anybody brought me food, checked my temperature, Mm -hmm. whatever. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Anybody that helped me Mm -hmm. up, cleaned my mattress, thank you. I felt like I am alive. I am so alive, I'm super alive. I was like, I'm not gonna regret, I'm not, I'm just gonna do, I'm gonna do my very best every day. And so yeah, I had the physical therapist come in and tell me what I needed to do, and I did it. I stretched, Um, they got me into this great rehab facility where I had several rehabs in a day several physical therapies, and I did them, and I would just push myself. Uh, John would come to classes with me, and when I was out, he had me walking outside, and uh, there was a hill back there, and I'd try walking up the hill once I learned to walk again, and I just felt so alive, and yes, that's what the driving force for me was, you know, I'm I've been given a second chance here and I'm going to be, I'm going to be the best mom, the best wife, the best friend, you know, the best I can be. And um, I started listening to a lot of positive podcasts once I got home. Um, this, this guy, he's got Excel still more, mm-hmm. and he's got this one called just get better. It's the first one. And I'm like, man, this is like Peter college. you know? <laughs> It's better, like yeah. Keith and Shane. <laughs> So I already related to that. I'm like, yes, just get better. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, he talks about taking small steps, be wise, small, eat that frog. And that's basically eating the frog is just a term that means, you know, if you've got something really big you need to do, you don't want to do it. Just do it anyway. Get it over with. (laughs) Then the rest of your day is going to, you know, Mm -hmm. go well. And, And yeah, another thing I learned was, you know, do hard things. And I started just journaling and um, I got this journal book and and it has this affirmation section and I try to write down what I affirmations for me personally. And um, over and again, I can see, I can go back and read that I have determination. I have grit. I do hard things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, it's helped me as a parent. I mean, my kids, you know, at first I thought, How am I going to mother them? I can't even make dinner, you know, but you know, I can mother them in ways that are so important. And now I, of course I could make dinner, but, um, you know, when they are complaining about something with COVID, you know, or whatever, you know, all the disappointing things, I'm like, Hey, life is tough. You get back up and you get, you know, do hard things, right? We do hard things, you know, you just do it.
0: Have you, did you practice any sort of gratitude? I know know gratitude is a, is a I mean, if you are looking for fulfillment or if you're looking for, to change your attitude or, or, or understand that the place you're in is the place you're supposed to be. I think gratitude is the biggest thing that you can, that you can practice in those circumstances. Have you, was that something you'd ever done beforehand? Um, or is it just a a habit you developed afterwards?
1: Yeah. Um, I was given a book by a good friend that says, um, I think it's called, uh, trying to look it up. Thank you, power. Making mm. the science of gratitude mm-hmm. work for you. You know, I like to read a lot of books like that. Mm-hmm. So, this she has all these stories of people and how they learn the power of saying thank you. And in the same podcast I've been listening to, um, he talks about um, level three gratitude, level three. And I'm like, wow, what's level three? And it's more than just, you know, thank you for the nice weather we're having. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my home. It's more like, you know, level two would be like, I'm thankful for my home. I recognize that it did not all come from, from me or my husband. I mean, someone had a hand in that, Mm -hmm. making sure that we had opportunities provided in our life. Again, I'm a believer. So I think, you know, God is Mm -hmm. who, you know, I'm thanking him for the good things he's put in my life. And not only that. But level two is thanking him for the things he did not put in my life, the times he said no, the times he said, wait, the times like this, when I thought I'd be further along in my healing, I'm almost at a year now and I still have a long ways to go and I've got to be thankful for this struggle because, hey, this gives me opportunities like this to help others. And so that's level two. And level three would be when you say, Hey, look at what I've been given. Here's what I'm going to do mm-hmm. to help others. And so, yeah, I think about gratitude a lot.
0: That's huge. Yeah. That's big stuff. Yeah. I, I've heard this before. Um, and, and I do believe it, especially when I hear stories like this, and knowing what I've gone through, not just the burn incident, but what, what I'm trying to, to do in life now, but, and what I've gone through is that, um, I think your test becomes your testimony is that Mm -hmm. the hard part in your life becomes the thing that you're able to, to help other people with and help other people through because having an example or having somebody who's walked in your shoes and had the struggle you had and recovered is, is something that can't be replicated. I mean that, that there's no replacement for that. There's theory, there's people that can give you some tools and I could say, Hey, go do gratitude or Hey, um, you know, here's the power of storytelling in your life, or visualization, and all that stuff. But if you, if you haven't if you haven't heard a story like this, or had somebody gone through something similar, um, it's hard to realize the impact of doing those things and what they can have on your life. And yeah. to relate it back to just everybody, it doesn't. You don't have to be in, in 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 a situation like this in order to implement these things into your life to create forward positive change. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously you had a setback in life and you had adopted new, um, tools in your life to get to move forward. Um, but those things can be adopted at any point, um, in your Mm -hmm. life. And I'm sure there are, there are tons of things. I know you mentioned earlier, you were eating, right. You were in good physical shape. So all the things you were doing beforehand too, is just always incrementally, um, moving forward. Yeah. Um, so you talked about like the thank you power, the thank you book and the gratitude and stuff. Um, how does some of that like the gratitude like when I do gratitude or if i 've if I've had an exercise i 'll actually gratitude i 'll actually visualize the gratitude because from all the research i 've done on the brain and and all the books i 've read about that is that your body can 't actually tell the difference between Visualizing an event and actually doing the event, the event, mm-hmm. your body still gets the same physiological response from visualizing yourself. Whether it's uh, on stage, like you're scared of going on stage, or you're scared of you're scared yeah. of creating videos to promote your tools, or
1: yeah. or
0: scared of of uh, creating a program for people online, or whatever it is, like the power of visualizing that mm-hmm. um, is important. Is that anything that you that you did in your journey to like learning how to walk again?
1: Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm a huge believer in visualization. I mean, I, um, yeah, in fact, my occupational therapist, she said, when you're doing your scar massage, you know, press that skin down and imagine as your finger goes across, you are healing it. Mm -hmm. You are pressing that scar down and it's flattening. And, um, she did several different visualization exercises with me Oh, really? and yeah, yeah. And it, and it does help. And it's very calming. And, um, it, but that's something I've done, you know, it's, it wasn't like it was new to me or uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that. I mean, you know, even back in speech class in high school, right, when you're practicing your speech in front of a mirror,
0: yeah. um,
1: you know, exactly. Whenever I was started doing live, I'd get real nervous before. And just I bet kinda,
0: everybody does.
1: Right. Just kind of do it, do it ahead of time. And, and yeah, you can just kind of see it going together clearly. And then it becomes like a memory mm-hmm. and it becomes mm-hmm. real and it becomes,
0: you know, something
1: that helps. And it, yeah. yeah, I think that's huge. And so, yeah, whatever it is you're wanting to accomplish, if you can see it. And that was me again. I mean, I, I've of course burned burned my left arm, and both arms are uh, scarred because of scar tissue. I needed to donate skin, and I only had limited amounts. So, right. you know, I've always been one of those sleeveless kind of girls, tank tops or summer dresses, and so I'm like, oh my goodness, are you kidding me? What am I going to do this summer? And uh, yeah, I I just started, you know, what am I going to do? Trying to, I'm seeing myself all bundled up and creeping out. But um, then I began to picture, okay, I'm going to wear just a a jacket over my dress or I'm going to wear you know, and that calms you down and it Mm -hmm. helps you see what's possible. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Visualization is huge, whether you're um, learning to walk or trying to start a retail shop or walk into a dealership that you want to get or what or make a tool or whatever it is it it, it mm-hmm. plays a huge role in any of it and and I think you sharing that in your story is just a huge example of of how helpful it can be um in any in, in any phase of life and like you said before I believe I believe that we're um a compilation of beliefs we have about ourselves and stories that we tell ourselves. And so there's a lot of stuff I help my clients with and stuff that I've overcome too. We tell a story of ourselves that like we're only able to do X or we're only able to earn this much money in our business or we're only able to, or you know, we're not capable of fixing big smashed up dents or whatever, anything we can relate to the PDR industry. Right so telling yourself a story is, is so important. And like you said, like you were just saying is that, um, you, you can, you can hear the negative side of the things come in. Like I like wearing, you know, tank tops and summer dresses. Like, what are people going to think of me if, if I, if, you know, if I show up with burns or like, you start to tell yourself all these stories, but you get to make up that story in your head. So you can add in those things like, okay, well, I will do the therapy. I will wear a jacket when I need to, I will do whatever. And so Did, was any of that involved in your therapy or is that anything that you worked on over for yourself is like, okay, the Maria in July of 2020 is going to be this. And the Maria of, you know, in January of 2021 is going to be this. Are you like creating a story around who you are trying to become?
1: Yeah, I have goals. I mean, I do. I know, um, in the winter time, uh, I purged my closet. I took out everything short sleep because I'm like, I'm not going to wear it anyway. Why do I want to see this? Why do I see this every day? Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm like, okay, I I purged my closet, got rid of it. It was a little sad, but then I'm looking for something to wear the next day and I'm not seeing any short sleeves. I'm not, you know, I'm getting that out of my head. (laughs) And so then when the summer came, you know, I, I, I did my shopping. I, I bought little dresses. Like I like, I bought my whatever, but I've got like a white sweater to wear over something very lightweight. And I'm like, I put it on and. No one can tell. No one can tell that doesn't know Um, it. I am improving. It is getting better right now. I'm going through some laser treatments and it's, you know, it's, I'm at a difficult stage again where once a month I'll do this. I'm very sore for a week. I have to heal again, but then I get three good weeks. I'm on a good week right now. Nice. (laughs) And so, yeah. So like I'm going through that, but I'm getting good results. And Mm. so no, I'm not where I thought I'd be in a year. I'm probably more on the two-year plan, but mm-hmm. hey, I saw your hand and that's encouraging to me. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's going to be better. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, but um, yeah. and You mentioned
0: another big thing that I talk about that is so hugely important. I feel like we're going to cover so many, mi- like so many different tools in this, in this podcast for for helping you mentally and how to, how to progress forward in life that, that that, there, maybe go back and listen to it once or twice um, again, but you talked about creating the environment that you want to live in. Um, You, when you walked into your closet, every short sleeve shirt that you had in there is just frustration. Yeah. Right. It was just like, I can't wear that. And now it's like downward spiral in your head. Like I can't wear it. I shouldn't have stepped in the hot tub. What if I had done this? What if we have? What if we hadn't had the hot tub repaired? all the, all that stuff starts coming in your head and all that's going to do is ruin your day. Right. So you right. created the environment you wanted, you removed all the negative of uh, the negative things to relate that to, to, to business. I mean, it could be your house. It could be your closet that I actually did an episode on cleaning out, like cleaning out your thoughts in your head, like your closet. Um,
1: oh, neat. It, on my podcast. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's one of them. But I mean, You know, in your business, everybody has that one place—that body shop, that dealership, that customer—that they show up to. um, That all it does is bring negative, negative thoughts into your environment. Um, Get rid of that short sleeve shirt. (laughs) Cut that, cut that dealer out, right? Because there's no reason to go through your life um, and creating an environment that causes frustration or sets you back. Um, on the goals and the story that you are telling yourself. So um, another big important thing that you're doing and obviously on your, you know, in your situation, you're implementing, you know, all kinds of different tools, Um, the mindset, visualization, storytelling, creating the environment that you want. Um, I've heard you on other podcasts and stuff and you talked a little bit about something that is hugely important to me. And I think is the foundation for what I'm doing is having the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, a growth mindset to sum it up being basically saying that you are capable of more than you think you, more than you think you are. Um, yeah. Everybody's always progressing forward into doing new and scary things. And at that time, whatever it may be, it may not seem possible day. You know, you're, you're intubated for, you know, nine ish days or so and you come out and you're like, okay, I have to walk again. There's two ways to think about it. You could say like, Well, most people that go in the situation never walk again, or you can say, I will do whatever it takes to walk because I believe it's possible. Tell myself a story that I can do it. And I will have the mindset that I'll do whatever it takes. I'll focus on that end goal. Doesn't matter how I have to get there. Uh, That doesn't matter, but I will do what it takes to get there. Um, What's your thoughts or what's your uh, understanding of having that, that growth unlimited mindset?
1: Well, I'm so glad you asked that because, um, it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy, but I read a book on the mindset and um, this was years ago and it was just kind of interesting to me. So I read it and I was like, aha, aha. I may not be the sharpest knife in the drawer here in this particular instance, but I can learn. I can learn. It's very liberating, right? Because I, um, growing up, my closest friends were 4.0 you know, just genius mm. people. And so I always felt like, man, I'm just not like them. You know, I just, yeah. I don't know. And I always kind of told myself, you know, some negative things. Yeah. But then um, I read that book and I'm like, you know what? I can do this and I can do, and I began, it began to change my mind. And honestly, what would I have thought had I not read that book and had some personal experience of growth in my own self before all this happened, that yes, you can push yourself and do things. You can learn things. And to this day, um, I just, I just like to wing it. I'm like, I'm going to try that. Yeah, I'll do that. Just like, you know, when Periscope came out, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get on there and do that. And I did. And I didn't know what I was doing. But I'm like, I'm just, I'm just going to do it. You know, I mean, who's to judge me? This is brand new, right? Yeah, exactly. And so just like, you know, going live. I love the live videos because I may stumble on my words. I may do this. I may do that, but Hey, it's live. I mean, people have got to be forgiving. And and
0: that's, and that, and that is exactly how you get better at it. I think Um, the episode I did here last week or the week before that is the only way that you will ever get better at doing something is doing it. If you hold yourself to a standard of the only time that I'm going to start doing dent repair is when I can glass out eight inch dents through body lines on aluminum hoods, then mm. I will do dent repair. No, that's not how it works.
1: Yeah. You start
0: yeah. and you fail and then you recover and then you do it again and then you fail again and you recover. Mm. So you do the live, you slip up on your words and you say, mm, oh, well, people think what they think. They can control that. I'm going to control me. And next time I come back, I'll do a little bit better. Um, yeah. And so I think that's very important. We can all flip flop into a fixed mindset and growth mindset a lot of that is comparison to other people, like especially in the younger years, Um, you know, this person has a 4.0, like, you know, I can't do that or I'm not as smart as them or or whatever it may be. That's all fixed mindset. That's all limiting belief. It's a story you tell yourself that develops into who you are as we are now. And I've dealt with some of that same stuff. Like I wasn't, you know, I passed school and everything, but I wasn't the 4.0 or valedictorian or anything like Mm -hmm. that. And so when I go into business later in life, I look at other people in the industry that are doing X that are, that are creating podcasts that are um, having very large businesses. And I'm like, yeah, well, those are for those people. And then I'm like right below them, um, which is not true. Um, I think that everybody's capable of doing massive things in their life. Um, whatever that may be, whatever you define that as um, it's going to be messy and it's going to be tough and it's going to be hard to to do at first, but going towards that is where, I think the big fulfillment, um, fulfillment is in life. Um, so I appreciate, yeah. I appreciate you saying that. Um, how do you, we all have things in our past that we beat ourselves up for going back to the, to that story. Um, things that we've could have handled differently or done differently. How do you, how do you deal with that mentally about going back and saying like, what if, you know, what if yeah. I hadn't, what if I had just dipped my toe in before I, you know, Um, or or whatever I mean how do you how does that not spiral into just diff or maybe it has and you've learned to overcome it I don't know
1: no I'm glad you asked that one too because Mm -hmm. um initially I did I was like what if and you can just drive yourself insane yeah you can drive yourself insane with that Mm -hmm. and um I had listened to something um it was called change or accept Mm -hmm. and um yeah, those have got two options, really. You can mm-hmm. change it or you can accept it. And so I looked back and I'm like, well, I can't change what happened. There is no going back. I cannot change it. But I can accept it. And not only can I accept it, I've got to learn to thrive in it. Yes. Okay? So I can't change it. But am I going to just stay here in this state where depression is at my door? No. I'm going to have to accept it. I'm going to have to move on and I'm going to have to find a way to thrive. And so for me, that was, I'm going to go outside. I'm going to look at the hot tub. I'm going to stand out there. I'm going to open the top up. I'm going to remember what happened. I'm going to walk myself through. Did I met, you know, did I put my toe in and I thought that too, I should have put my, should have put my finger in there. What what was I thinking? What, you know, You know, I, I had, but I had to answer those questions. Mm -hmm. I had to say, why didn't I put my toe in there? Well, this is why, because that was never in my brain or anyone's brain Mm -hmm. that, that could happen. Mm -hmm. There's a safety that's supposed to shut it down. There's a backup to the backup Mm -hmm. supposed to shut it down. Mm -hmm. You know, the temperature said 90, you know, yeah. so (laughs) by going through and asking those ifs and dealing with them head on and learning to accept. This is what happened. And then there comes the gratitude again. Okay. I try to find people who could, who I could relate to. And when I Googled burn survivor on Google, I saw burn survivors that were far off worse than me. And I thought, you know what? I've got all my fingers on my toes. I can walk. I can talk. My face is fine. My burn's I will heal. I will heal. I'm going to be okay. And so I, that also helped me with my acceptance. And then again, being grateful, you know, it can always be worse, no matter what situation you're in, Mm -hmm. it can always be worse. But just like what you're saying, you know, like how you can fix your work environment. Well, Mm -hmm. some things you can't change. Like I can't change if that hot tub is still back there. Right. Right. Because, you know, the attorneys have got to come, this company's got to send their attorneys from California to come look at it and see what went wrong. And mm-hmm. there's going to be all this stuff and it's going to sure. just sit there empty. Yeah. As a but reminder. but Yeah, but it's like, that's where I went to relax is my backyard. That's where it went. So I'm going to have to accept that and thrive. And I, I can. I can and, then,
0: and, then, and then create a new story, a new environment yep. around like how... Maria yeah. relaxes now because it's probably going to look yeah. a little different than sitting in a hot tub. I would imagine going forward. So what is that yeah. new version of yourself that comes out? That is the relaxing version. That's um, right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I,
0: as I think about this, um, as I was thinking about having this conversation with you, I think I mentioned this before in a podcast, but, um, uh, a gentleman named Victor Frankel, um, he's got a lot of quotes. He has a book called Man's Search for Meaning. Um, Viktor Frankl was, um, spent three years in concentration camp at Auschwitz. And a quote that I love of his is, it says that everybody, everything can be taken from a person but one thing, and it's the last of the human freedoms, and that's to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances or to choose your own way. Mm-hmm. Um, we always have a choice of what to think. You may not be able to get rid of the hot tub, but you get to choose what you think about it being there. And you can make it mean all sorts of all sorts of negative things and have that ruin your life or have to move from your house or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or you can choose to, to make it mean something else. Like you said, um, looking for gratitude in situations. You looked at other burn survivors. You could look at um, thankful that it wasn't someone else in your family, like one of your children that got oh, yeah. into the hot tub or something yes. like that. Um, obviously that's what I was thinking. I was thinking in that situation that like in, when I burned my hand is that I'm grateful that it wasn't somebody else because I know that I am capable of overcoming difficult things. And, um, I'm glad I was, I can bear that burden and having it be like, you know, my younger, my uh, other people who were there that were younger, that were doing the same things I was doing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's huge. I think that I said it once in the beginning is that I think the test becomes the testimony. And like you said, learning how to thrive in that environment. Um, I do think that there is some big change that you can make in the world around this, um, around other, other burn victims, um, how to cope with it. I mean, everybody needs that person they can look up to. And if, if you had trouble finding a person like that, except for images of, of people and burn victims, then create it. Mm -hmm. that could be your next chapter yeah
1: yeah yeah absolutely that was kind of my um I started an Instagram account burn survive thrive and I thought you know eventually I'm gonna write a blog I've tried to write the blog but I'm not quite there Mm -hmm. uh, mentally to write it out somehow writing is more personal it's it's deeper you've got to process it more, and so um, my goal is to have a blog is to write, you know, things like this, how to how to overcome, how to get through having someone who understands what it's like, because, um, you know, you do I, I, I just, you know, you know, I, I see I follow some accounts on there now that, um, you know, they got burned after me and they're going through their rehab. And they're showing pictures, and I'm I'm writing encouraging words. You know, yeah. I'm trying to encourage them in that way, and just let them see they follow me, and just let them see. It's very small; not very many people know about it. Sure, uh, but it's it's like if you can just help a couple of people, one person, yeah. just yeah. anyone along the way, then then it's worth it. And for, sure. for that matter, I thought about putting together YouTube stretching videos because you do a lot of. Physical therapy, as you know. Yeah. And I remember just feeling very isolated during that time. I'm home, mm-hmm. my family's home, but I'm doing my hand exercises. I'm doing my arm exercises. It would take hours, literally. And I was alone. And I thought it would be nice to have videos where someone can watch a video and do it with someone who's a burn survivor who can encourage them and let them know you may be feeling this, but soon, you know. Just that sort of yeah. thing. So
0: that's, yeah. that's, that's very my cool. hope
1: someday. That's very cool. I don't know that that's, I'm not real YouTube savvy. So I don't know. I may have to get me a friend to bite <laughs> enough, but my kids, right? Yeah. But, um, yeah.
0: Um, everybody has those stories in life um, about setbacks or um, things that you at the time believe have ruined, ruined your life. Um, yeah. But then somehow... As you grow and progress forward, looking back into them, they may have happened for you, not to you. They may have been the reason you were put here and the change that you're supposed to make mm-hmm. is to help those other people. And I have yeah. incidences like that in in my life and and I've talked about them, but today today's not the podcast for that. But uh, everybody has those things look back in life that you think that was the worst thing that ever happened to me at the time. And now when mm-hmm. I look back at it, you can see what came from it and yeah. what you're able to have gotten from it. Um, again, you yeah. mentioned on your Instagram, creating the environment for yourself. Um, it's not just physical environment I forgot to mention it, but the social media environment is, import- is important as well. If you're going to scroll through Facebook or Instagram, surround yourself with the environment that you want. And that is yeah. encouraging for you as to surrounding yourself. And that's not, that won't be obviously be encouraging for everybody, um, but for you it works and that's what matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then helping someone else. I'm a big, I'm a big believer in, um, being people, being close to people, some that are ahead of you, um, some that are on the same page as you, and some that are behind you that you can um, bring forward and teach. I think that's the the three different areas to learn. Someone that you're striving to become, but someone that you're turning around and helping to get to where you are yeah. too. Um, all, yeah. all very important stuff. So, um, Wrapping up here at the end, you mentioned a few things. I'll put them in the show notes. Um, the Excel Your Life podcast. We'll talk after and get all the spelling on that right. Um, where can they? Where can people follow you personally, or if you're not doing that stuff yet, the um, where can they follow you for A1 Tool?
1: Okay, um, I guess I can start with A1 Tool. On yeah. A1 Tool, we've got a, on Instagram we're A1 Tool PDR. Um, on Facebook, it's just the A1 Tool um, run Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, just everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as me personally, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. As far as me, um, but the burn survivor, just burn, survive, thrive. Um, and I've got my own personal Instagram and Facebook. Um, but yeah, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to help anyone. Like you said, I just feel like maybe that's, why, why me It's because I am mm-hmm. just very compassionate by nature and I'm pretty straightforward and open book. And I don't know, just, I don't know.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go follow you at burn survive and thrive and just hope others do the same because I know that, you know, Instagram is a unique world and it definitely helps when people have followers to help spread the word to people who really need it. I know there's not a lot of dent guys out there that necessarily, um, can relate to what happened or need need what you're trying to help them with because they haven't burned, survived and thrived, but, um, just helping, helping Maria grow that platform so that other people can find her within the Instagram algorithm is something that we can all do for you. I believe. Um, I, I I can't, I was nervous for weeks and weeks and weeks to ask you to come on the podcast because I know that (laughs) that story is difficult to tell. I've had a difficult time telling um, stories in my past. So, I appreciate you sharing that um, I'm glad that you're able to share that with other people and that you are able to do it in a way that that just paints the story for us so we can really just understand what everything you went through from from you know getting in to getting out to the steps in the process I think I think it's a it's a a story that especially people who have been burned can relate to and will really find a lot of, uh, of help in. So I appreciate you sharing that here and I hope we can stay in touch and I hope you do really great things with other people who need your help.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that, Corey. I appreciate what you're doing as well. I think it's, I think it's fantastic and I look forward to listening to even more of your podcasts.
0: Thanks, Maria. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to another episode of the PDR coach podcast. If you got any value from this podcast and want to do something for me, then the best way to do that is to subscribe to the podcast and give me a rating and review. If you want to know more about me, then you can find me on Instagram by searching for the PDR coach or find me on my website at dot C O R Y K.com. Thank you for listening and I'll be back next week.